Section 5 of The Sainted Queens. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Sainted Queens by Unknown. St. Margaret of Scotland. Chapter 5 The Queen's Family. Their Later History. The Queen Persuades the Bishops to Reform Some Abuses in Religion she addresses them in council the grace drink the family of queen margaret consisted of six sons and two daughters their education naturally occupied much of the thoughts of their holy mother her active endeavours to train them up piously and usefully were sanctified by many secret prayers for success and by many tears little or nothing of her method has come down to us but this one significant fact that as in her lessons to her whole kingdom the queen made subordination a constant rule in her family she not only claimed deference and obedience from her children for herself and for their father but in addition to this she insisted on the younger giving precedence on every occasion to the elder thus for example when they went up to make their offering at mass according to the custom of that day she bade them go in the order of their ages first the elder and then the younger a very brief sketch of the later history of st margaret's children will very well compensate for the scantiness of our knowledge as to her method of training them edward the eldest son was killed prematurely in battle but not before he had lived long enough to win the affection and esteem of the whole nation his death was regarded as the too early extinction of the brightest promise ethelred his next brother died also in his youth he had become a monk died abbot of dunkeld and is mentioned in a monastic record as a man of venerable memory his body is supposed to have been accidentally discovered in the church of dumfrelin four centuries later wrapped in silk and in good preservation regarding edmund the queen's third son history varies considerably According to one version of his story, he lived and died in a pious manner in England as a recluse. According to another, he failed in his duty for a time, but in the end expiated his fault by sincere repentance. In either case, the lessons of his mother were not lost upon him. Their influence would appear stronger if we adopt the supposition of his becoming a great penitent. His fourth brother, Edgar, after an interval of a few years of anarchy in the kingdom, succeeded his father malcolm and reigned happily nine years his highest praise must be that in his mild government his equity and his beneficence nay in the sweetness of his disposition he reminded all men of edward the confessor alexander his next brother became king of scotland at his death and maintained the family character for justice charity and religion he made munificent gifts to the church among other benefactions he founded a monastery on the island of inchcolum in the frith of forth out of gratitude for his preservation in the violent tempest which had driven him on the little island and had kept him there for three days as the guest of a lonely hermit on his death after a reign of seventeen years david the sixth and youngest son of the queen began his long and prosperous reign of nearly thirty years circumstances enabled him more perfectly than his brothers to carry on the humanizing and civilizing policy of his mother in her son david the holy queen may be said to have
presided over the destinies of scotland the churchmen and especially the monastic orders of that day were much in advance of the rough fighting men and the still rougher peasantry in the arts of civilization david therefore by the munificent encouragement which he gave to churchmen largely promoted the object so near his mother's heart in regard to scotland he died as he had lived in a holy manner and long enjoyed the local reputation of a saint though he was never canonized by the holy see matilda or maud the elder of st margaret's daughters reflected her mother's virtues at the court of henry i of england to whom she was married her love to the poor and her devotion to the sick resembled her mother's she found at the hospitals of christ church in aldgate and of st giles for their relief her subjects surnamed her the good and local english calendars mentioned her too as a saint her dust lies in westminster abbey not far from st edward's her only daughter maud was married first to the emperor henry v and afterwards to geoffrey count of anjou and by her second marriage she became the mother of henry the second of england through her our present gracious queen and many private english families are lineally descended from st margaret the second daughter of the holy queen of scotland was named mary became the wife of eustace count of boulogne brother of the famous godfrey king of jerusalem she too left behind her a name for great piety and charity if the proverb be true that the end puts a crown on the work queen margaret's education of her children was abundantly crowned in its successful issue an undertaking more arduous than all of these still lay before our holy queen before she could say that she had finished the task assigned her that was nothing less than a reformation of abuses in religion if we consider the lawlessness of the times and the demoralizing effect of the frequent wars that wasted the country will not appear surprising that something had to be corrected in religious observances the general neglect of sundays and of the great festivals seemed to have been one of the most crying evils as was also the frequent disuse even of the easter communion marriage with a stepmother and with a brother's widow had become not uncommon among lesser evils the irregular time of commencing lent appeared to st margaret a matter which called for reform instead of commencing from ash wednesday or even earlier as was the practice formerly in certain places it had become the custom in scotland to defer the beginning of the fast till after the first sunday in lent to these and other matters of discipline our holy queen could not be altogether indifferent it is true indeed that she could not be regarded as responsible for them but it seemed to her at least worth an effort to bring her own influence and her husband's to bear upon the persons whose peculiar province it was to correct such abuses with this view she promoted the meeting of provincial councils of the clergy on several occasions one of those was more than ordinarily remarkable for the active part which margaret herself took in its deliberations the gaelic language was then the dialect of scotland but margaret was ignorant of it the king therefore who thoroughly understood both his language and the anglo-saxon which margaret spoke undertook to be the interpreter between the bishops and the queen margaret made a short speech to the assembled clergy setting forth the abuses which called for amendment with so much persuasiveness as to engage her august audience at 
once to promote the reforms which she had so deeply at heart the council indeed was not a large one the number of sees in scotland then amounted to no more than four and it was part of the queen's scheme for the advancement of religion to add two more sees for the northern part of her kingdom the neglect of sang grace at meals suggested to the holy queen a popular way of encouraging this act of natural piety she introduced the custom at the end of meals of drinking to the health of those persons who had thanked god for his temporal mercies this custom long survived her under the name of the grace drink or saint margaret's blessing end of chapter five of saint margaret of scotland end of section five